John the Baptist is trying to get us, and Isaiah is doing the same thing, to try to get us to pay attention. And that is not as easy as it sounds. There's a lot to distract us, and sometimes we don't want to pay attention. Sometimes paying attention is difficult. I was a baseball umpire for a few games, and I realized that by the time we got to the fifth inning, it was difficult to pay attention to everything that was going on, how many outs there were, who was winning, how many people were on base. And you needed things to help you do that. You gave, they gave you clickers so that you could keep count of balls and strikes, how many outs there were, etc. And it became very tiring by the time you got to the end of the game. Getting focused is not that easy. There's a, a kind of a famous story about the brother of Stan Kowaleski. He was a baseball player for the Cleveland Indians who was in the Hall of Fame. Stan led the Indians to a 1920 World Series victory. But his brother George played for the Pittsburgh Pirates and he was not in the Hall, he's not in the Hall of Fame. And there's a story about him once where in the late innings of a very crucial game, somebody gets on first base and the next thing the person does is steals second base. And the manager is furious. He comes out, he yells at George Kowaleski. He says, how can you possibly let him do that? And George said, well, I didn't know anybody was on first base. He wasn't paying attention, obviously. But what does John the Baptist want us to pay attention to? I think, first of all, we need to pay attention to what God has done for us, to creation, to life, to its extravagance, to the fact that we have it. I had a high school teacher at St. Ignatius in Cleveland, and after every single thing we read my sophomore year, his only comment was to shake his head and say bitter irony. It didn't matter if it was biography, history, comedy, satire, it was always bitter irony. And I think when you look at life, we should be in some ways imitating him, but instead of saying bitter irony, saying stupendous, amazing, fantastic. How do we pay attention? There's no trick to it. It comes from practice. It comes from constant monitoring. The church gives us the mass and the sacraments and prayers and devotions, which are ways for us to worship God and to constantly notice what he has done. If you've ever been in a car that's driven by a bird watcher, and I do not recommend it, you will begin to realize that he or she is seeing all kinds of things that you are not. You're hurtling down some highway at 65 miles an hour, and all of a sudden the driver says, there's a red-tailed hawk in that tree 50 yards off on the left, and you are bewildered. What tree on the left? and it has passed you by. Or the guide who points out something about a painting that you never noticed before. Or a musician who points out something you never thought of before in listening to a particular piece of music. Annie Dillard, in her book, Pilgrim at Tinker Creek, describes rounding the corner of a four-story building and seeing a mockingbird take a step off the gutter at the very top. It plummeted four stories wings still folded close to its body, when at the last moment it pulled up and landed perfectly. Dillard writes, it was almost as if he had done it for fun. There was no one else in sight. 
The fact of its free fall was like the old philosophical puzzle about the tree that falls in the forest. If I had not seen him, would he have fallen so beautifully, so gracefully? The answer must be, I think, that beauty and grace are performed whether or not we will see or sense them. The least we can do is try to be there. The Lord performs for us all the time. He has created us. He has given us extravagant gifts. He has saved us. Let our lives consist in making ourselves aware of this, attentive to this, thankful for this, a little more able to notice and say, stupendous, staggering, amazing. Christ is coming. The least we can do is try to be there.